Hey there, it's Adam from Splendid Sports. I wanna take a few minutes here on this one and talk about vintage card eye appeal. And this will be one, pretty much everything I put out goes not only on YouTube, but also as a podcast on all the podcast platforms. But this will be definitely one where if you can watch it on YouTube, uh, it will be probably a better one than just listening to it just because of the nature of this one, which is gonna be looking at four cards that I really uh, can have a nice little conversation about eye appeal, vintage card eye appeal. These are four cards that, you know, when I, when I look at these cards, I, I really can't even believe I have them in my collection. I just feel very, just so happy and lucky to have these four cards. And uh, I think, you know, if, if I could go back in time and tell younger me, hey, someday, you know, you're going to have these four cards in your collection. Uh, I, I wouldn't have believed it. So they're examples of uh, I appeal cards for different reasons. And I feel like, uh, because I think, uh, you know, a lot of people like me, I collected and bought cards in obscurity or really in a vacuum by myself for uh, so many years, you know, when, when I was a kid, obviously, you know, I, I collected with my buddies and we showed each other cards and traded and so forth. But then, you know, as you get older, uh, really for me, it was, I didn't know there was a social media for sports cards or YouTube for sports cards until really the last couple of years. Uh, so all the thoughts I had were just my own. I really had no outside influence on, uh, you know, how others thought about cards and how they collected how they looked at cards, what what I appeal meant to them. All I really had was just, you know, my own thoughts and no influence from the outside. I don't like that. I don't like it with cards. I don't like it with anything else. I think, you know, we, we gain ideas from each other. We get smarter by talking with other people. And we learn more about ourselves when we really hear other people talk about themselves. Uh, and so I think one of the reasons why the sports card hobby has really popularized recently so much is because of YouTube and social media, podcasts. People now, uh, again, even if you don't go to card shows like me, uh, I, I plan on doing that in the future, but card shows aren't something that's part of my hobby. It hasn't been and isn't currently. That's obviously a great experience when you can ultimately, you know, that's the ultimate experience where you can meet other people and, and talk in person. That's the best way to do it. But uh, as a kind of a consolation prize, being able to uh, connect with people through YouTube and social media that, that collect what you collect and, and, and gain insight from them, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why the sports card hobby is, is so big now. It's because that was something where I know people have been on YouTube for many, many years showing their cards, talk about cards, but uh, I didn't know about it. And I've heard from others, too, that they had no clue that people were out there doing this. So uh, kudos to those people who have been doing it for so many years. Uh, you know, that's that's great that that has been going on. And uh, but I'm very thankful for finding out about it and, you know, putting my content out there where I honestly the biggest reason I do it is to connect with other people. Uh, you know, so this is a video, like I said, where. I'm going to give my thoughts on what vintage card I appeal means to me. And I really feel like over the last year, 
um, I appeal has been something more and more that is that is really spreading. Uh, it's always been a thing, obviously, but I feel like as more and more people uh, come out of obscurity and 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 talk about what vintage I appeal means to them, people are realizing that they weren't the only ones thinking that. Uh, for example, me, you know, when I was growing up collecting cards, I this was before even grading. I even knew about grading or what the criteria would be for grading. I always liked a centered card. So like even in the sets from the 80s where a lot of the cards are off-centered, for whatever reason, I just felt like the centered versions were a little better for me. Like I liked them better. Uh, It's probably just something in the brain that um, prefers that. Not everyone does though. I've definitely come across people who don't really care that much about centering, but it's definitely a minority now. And I feel like it's growing and growing, the amount of people who who consider eye appeal. And it's not all centering. That's kind of one of the points I'm going to make here in this video, is showing four cards and um, what goes into the eye appeal of them. Why I feel like they have good eye appeal. To me, you know, it's, it's a subjective thing. There's no clear definition of eye appeal, although it does seem like the leaders in eye appeal, the leaders in the clubhouse, are definitely centering and surface. So when you hear a lot of people talk about their their vintage cards specifically, and the reason it's vintage more than modern cards is modern cards, especially the the ultra modern, like in the last three or four years, those cards, they're all you know being pulled out of packs or boxes and they're going right to grading. So the the, the difference between uh, a ten, there there really aren't any in these new cards. You know, but what's what? One of the reasons I love vintage cards is there's a lot of nuance to it. Uh, so it's not just about getting a certain grade uh, because there's no like for the first card I'm going to show here. There's no gem mint copies of it that exist. The highest is a nine, and it's not something I would ever buy in a nine because it's just way too expensive. But what the for me the the fun in this is part of it is trying to find copies, regard almost regardless of the grade that have great eye appeal to you and me. Uh, so this is the first one. I'll get into these cards. I've talked long enough without actually showing a card. This first one, 1965 Topps Mickey Mantle. Now as a Mickey Mantle collector, uh, I'm not a completionist collector, meaning I don't, I'm not one of those that has to have every single Mickey Mantle playing days card because this is actually gonna be one of my next videos. There's There's a handful of Mickey Mantle playing days cards that I know it's crazy to say it, but I don't like them. I don't like the images on them and their Mickey Mantle cards are expensive, as you know. So there's certain ones that I'm probably just never going to own. And it's, it's, I'm okay with it. I'd rather just, you know, spend the money on the Mickey Mantle cards that I really, really love and, you know, get the best copies I can of those because I don't have an unlimited budget, uh, like, like pretty much everyone else. This card here, this is a recent pickup, very recent pickup. And I want to give a shout out to the person who sold me this card. In my opinion, one of the best operators in sports cards. I've had him on my podcast uh, where we uh, did an interview. Uh, go back and listen to that if you haven't. He's been on many channels, Bench Clear Media. He's, a, he's on there quite a bit. Um, so very popular in the hobby. His name is JT from Triple Crown 24 Sports Cards. Great guy. Uh, not only a great guy, but, but um, just does things the right way. And I have firsthand experience with it. I bought this card off of him, like I said, very recently. And it, the story how I got it was was 
pretty cool. Uh, he he posted a, a video on YouTube. He has a great YouTube channel. So if you don't already subscribe to JT Triple Crown 24 Sports Cards on his uh, podcast, but also YouTube, you should do that because for this very reason, I was uh, hap just happened to be on YouTube. He just had uploaded this video. So I was lucky. I caught it right at the right time because I don't feel like this card would have lasted too long. And he did a video on, um, you know, it wasn't just this card. It was about him going to a recent card show and some of his pickups. And this was one in there. And this was a, this was a mantle card that it's one of the cards that I, I do really like. I like the image. I like the look of the card, the design. And it was one that for whatever reason, I just had dragged my feet on. Never, never found the right copy, I guess. And just, uh, you know, there were always other mantles that I had fo had focus on ahead of this one. But I was at a point now where this was definitely one on my radar. But as you may know, if you take a look at the, the copies of this 65 mantle card that are out there for sale on uh, eBay and other platforms, you'll be hard pressed to find one that, if you look at this card, has tremendous centering. And this is a set 65 tops where centering is very hard to find on these cards. Uh, for I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, Nat Turner, the head of Collector's Universe, PSA, uh, I mean, has probably, as far as I've seen of people who show off their cards online, might have the best collection as far as value-wise and just unbelievable grades of anyone I've ever seen across multiple sports. He showed some Mickey Mantle cards from his collection recently. If you go to his Instagram page, you, uh, I, I, was, I couldn't even speak. I was looking at these cards. I was just amazed. He has a, he had several gem mint copies of Mickey Mantle playing days cards, uh, 61, 53 Bowman color. Unbelievable that the gem mint copies exist of those cards. He had a, a there's no tens in the 65. Okay. There's no PSA tens of the 65 tops mantle out there, but there are a bunch of nines and he has one of those. He showed one of those on his Instagram. In my opinion, the centering on this three that I purchased from JT is as good, if not better, uh, than the nine that he that uh, Nat Turner has that probably would sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't I don't even know, but crazy amount of money. Now, of course, the other parts, right? Like if you look at this card, the corners have some wear on them. Um, you know, we look at the back of the card here. Pretty good centering on the back too, right? But again, it's uh, I understand in a way why it got the three based on what the criteria is for grading. But at the same time, and JT mentioned this too in, in his video, he was just he he could he couldn't pass this card up at the card show. He said because it was a fair price on it because again it it was priced as a three pretty much, uh, and and uh, the thing with vintage is it, in my opinion this is not a three, but. Based on this criteria, corner, edges, corners, edges, uh, surface, and, and centering, based on how these grading companies like PSA weight those different factors, even though the centering on this would get, like if there were subgrades, I would give this centering a, a nine, an eight, maybe an eight or a nine. It's, it's unbelievably centered for, the, for this set, especially. But again, you know, the, that's not that's not weighted heavier than some of these other factors, I don't think. So that's why I got the three. 
I don't see any type of surface issues or scratches. There's no creases. So it's just an unbelievable three. And JT would, you know, message me after and was just kind of looking for, he said, when you get the card, I'd love to hear your feedback on, um, you know, what you think about it, because he, he was kind of just couldn't believe it. Now he's a dealer. So that's the reason why he put it up for sale. You know, he he's, does this full time. So when he acquires cards, uh, unless they're part of his PC, and I don't think he PCs uh, Mickey Mantle, he sells them. So th he's uh, just a, a great guy to get in contact with and follow and keep an eye on his stuff because he comes across some great cards and he, he, he deals, deals very fairly too. He gave me a very fair price on this, very easy uh, process. And I was just very happy that I saw that. There's so much content uh, and I was just so happy that I caught it right when it did because I honestly feel this card would have sold that day that I bought it, not the first day that it really, I think, went up, uh, had I not seen it. I think I just saw it first and I, and I pounced on it. So I have this card in my collection, which I'm so happy about, but I think it's an, a perfect example that I don't feel like I'm alone in this. You guys tell me in the comments. I, I don't care that it's a three. Uh, it's a three that, for me, has better centering and uh, eye appeal and surface, and the, the colors are vivid which are the things that I really care about. I don't really care that much about corners. You know, like these corners here, these are perfectly fine with me. They got some wear on them, but that's okay. I, I don't, for me with vintage cards, that's cool. I'm fine with it. What I like though, is if I can have a nice, uh, you know, picture image that's clear and vivid and this centering, I wouldn't even expect the centering to be this good. Like I said, if it was a six or a seven or an eight in this type of card. Because if you look at another example, if you go to the PSA website and you look up the 65 top set, um, they always have like a, a signature image, usually the best card in the set. And the 65 uh, mantle is the one that's that's pictured. It's, it, and it's a PSA 8 that they have showing right on the website. Um, and the PSA 8 that they show is well off-centered. <laughs> Not even close to the centering of this three. So, you know, I think that's what's fun about it is you can you can find some real value. You could find something that I I value this card like it was, like I said, an eight or a nine. But I, I paid JT the price of a three or a four for it, probably more even towards that three, even though this is a very, very strong three as far as I appeal goes. And so I think that that's something to think about, too, is these grading companies, the criteria they have for their grading I feel like it's a little out of whack with vintage as far as what the average collector of vintage cards cares about, what's important to them, which is usually centering and surface more so than the corners and the edges. That's broadly speaking. I know there's always going to be people who are like uh, hyper, hyper into the corners or <laughs> the edges, but I feel like the large majority, at least the people that I talk to and listen to, uh, they put the biggest premium on centering and surface, the color. Uh, the, how vivid are the colors? How good is the image? Is it clear and is it centered? And so I feel like that, if you were to grade that, this is more like a, I don't know, seven or an eight for for what the collector cares about. Um, whereas the technical grade of this is a three because, I'm, you know, the corners and I'm sure there's things that the human eye can't see. That's another issue that I see with a lot of these grading companies. Just an opinion, but... If the human eye can't see it, I don't think it should be weighted, if at all, that heavily in how the grade comes out. 
what you have now is I feel like uh, PSA, they look at these cards under such a magnification that, yeah, there might be a, a scratch or a ding in the surface or whatever that you honestly can't see in the human eye. But when you magnify it, yeah, it's there. And then they, they drop the grade. Uh, I get it. Okay, that's how you do it. But at the same time, if, if, if the collector can't see it, then I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I care about how it looks because I like looking at these cards. Anyway, that's uh, that's the first one. I'm very happy to have this card. And uh, you let me know. Am I maybe I'm maybe I'm too enthusiastic about it. That's okay. But you let me know in the comments either way what you think as far as I mean. Have you seen centering on a three in sixty-five mantle like that? I sure I sure haven't. So I'm glad I waited on this card because. It just, uh, I feel like it was meant to be on this one for me. These are, I'm going to show these two at once because they're from the same set. Two of my favorite. Two of my favorite all-time players and cards and sets. And th these cards, in my opinion, have eye appeal, but for different reasons. So as you can see, they have, they have a thing in common, and the next card will too, is that they're not perfectly centered. They're, they're off-centered, left to right, and um, especially with the Williams, top to bottom. On that topic, though, left to right centering seems, at least with my eye, carries a lot more weight for some reason. Top to bottom, I don't unless it's, like, egregious, it doesn't really bother me that much. And on these cards, even though they are off-centered, left to right, the, the, uh, they, it doesn't really bother me. I mean, for this set specifically, the 48 Leaf, one of the greatest sets of all time, in my opinion. This is a Stan Musial rookie card. This is a Ted Williams, unbelievable. I mean, the, the real uh, thing about these cards for me is the colors. So when I was looking to buy these cards, I almost didn't, I didn't want centered copies. <laughs> this I know that sounds crazy, but I just knew that any centered copies of this set, they were it was probably in the grade that I could afford it was going to mean that the the colors weren't going to be as good. So it was always a trade-off. I don't have Nat Turner money, so I can't buy a nines and tens. <laughs> but, uh, you know, with this, I knew that, look, I can afford in my budget right at the moment threes and fours in that range. Uh, so, look, if I have a perfectly centered three or four of these cards, there's going to be such a premium on it that not only is it going to be out of the price range probably, but... If, if it's perfectly centered and has this type of vivid coloring, uh, then obviously it's not going to be a three or four, three or four most like, so it's going to be out of the range. So in order to have a three or a four, I, I wasn't expecting things to be perfectly centered. And on these cards, it doesn't really bother me that much. If you look at the coloring on these cards, I mean, it's just, they're art. These are works of art right here. And so that, that was what was most important. I was hunting copies of these two that had great registration, clarity, and the vivid coloring. That is what, again, it's gonna, it depends on the set, depends on the card. So like some cards, you put heavy, heavy weight on the centering and you're looking for that centered copy because all things, other, other things being equal, it's not, you know, there's not that much of a variation. You should see, I mean, the variation in some of the copies that I was looking at when I was going to buy these two, in this set, there were some of these copies that were so faded. There was the coloring was terrible. Obviously, there was a lot with creases. These two don't have any creases. 
there was very, I mean, there was a few centered copies that were like better centered, but the other factors like the, the vivid coloring and the, the surfaces were so beat up that it just, again, it didn't, it didn't make sense for me. So I, I think the larger point is, and you, you guys tell me if you agree, each, each set, each card has a little bit of a different uh, criteria for, for the collector in eye appeal. So like, like you said, with these, just cards that, uh, you know, if you told me when I was younger, hey, you're going to have a 48 Leaf Musial and Ted Williams of any kind, <laughs> I wouldn't have believed it. But to have cards like this that uh, have such eye appeal, and I mean, you, you see these in person and it's just, uh, it's almost like unbelievable that the coloring is so vivid and they're from 1948. Unbelievable. All right. So the last card is another Mickey Mantle card. Show right here for you. And very similar, very similar to the last two you looked at with the 48 leaf. The 1954 Red Heart, to me, one of Mickey Mantle's best looking cards. Probably for me, uh, maybe in the top three. And the one that this gets compared to a lot is, is the, the most famous Mickey Mantle card, the 52 Tops. Uh, and honestly, for me, it, it, it looks, I mean, the price differences in those two, in these two cards, like a, a, a 52 Tops Mantle in, a, in an eight, I mean, that's what, a, that's, a, that's a million dollar card, right? At least, and more. Uh, whereas this Red Heart card, Again, came from came from Dog Food Company. the the look The look of this card for me is is just right up there with Fifty Two Tops. Except you don't have to spend, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars to get this one. Now this is a PSA eight. Uh, so when I was going looking at you know in the market for this card, I knew I was going to get one. I you know they the, the as a best practice with vintage cards, the more patient you can be, the better. Now. I am not, that's not my strong suit. I'm, I don't have a, the most patience when it comes to this. I get, when I get it in my head that I'm going to get a card and this is not good. So if you can, you know, if you're starting out in vintage, don't do this, but I get it in my head and it's almost like an obsession that uh, I'm going to get one. And so it's, it's, it's very, uh, I get it like very soon after I like have decided in my head, I'm going to get it. So I, I don't, I was patient with the 65 for some reason, but with this card, when I, I said, you know, it's time to get this card. Um, it was a matter of, you know, I, I spent a couple weeks really looking online, all the different marketplaces. And it came down to two, two different choices. One was a uh, SGC seven. And it was, I mean, like almost perfectly centered, perfectly centered left to right. As you can see with this one, it's a PSA eight, but it's off centered. It's not, it doesn't have the OC designation, but it's, you know, it's not centered perfectly left to right. It's definitely off-centered there, uh, which in in most cases is like something that really strikes my eye. Like it would, in, in a lot of cases might be a reason why I wouldn't buy a card. Not so much top to bottom, but left to right. Now with this card, for me, I, I was thinking like, what is, why do I love this card so much? Obviously, other than that, it's a Mickey Mantle card from 54 and I'm a man of collector. Well, I just love the colors. I love the color, the blue background, just every, everything about it as far as um, how vivid it can be. 
And so for me, the way that the eye appeal lined up on this card was centering wasn't first like it is in, in most cases for me as far as how important it is. The by far and away, I was looking for the best coloring, the best, how vivid were the colors? How good was the surface? And the SGC7 had, uh, again, real, real better centering than this left to right. And the only issue though, the reason it was a seven is it had a scratch. It had a scratch right up on the top left there in the blue. And I looked at it for a while and I said, yeah, I'd look at that centering and it would make me feel good, right? But I, I just couldn't, I couldn't think, oh man, I, I, for the amount of money I'd have to pay for this card, I could, like every time I looked at it, the scratch was the first thing I saw. And it really, I think it would have over time, it would have really bugged me in a way. So I said, you know, and I looked at this one and I said, okay, it's not perfectly centered. What do you expect? It's, it's the 54 Red Heart. There's not many that are perfectly centered. If, if this one was perfectly centered, it would be a nine uh, or I mean, nine or a 10. I mean, I don't think there's any tens, right? But uh, I believe Blue Jacket 66, uh, I think he has the best copy I've ever seen of this. Um, like I said, there's no tens. I don't think of this card. He has a nine that is perfectly centered. It's unbelievable, unbelievable copy. I don't, I can't afford that, right? I, there's no way. Um, I could have probably afforded it if I pulled the trigger on this card 10 years ago, but I didn't. So I was thinking, all right, this is the one because this one has the coloring, beautiful surface, and the centering is is uh, good enough that it's not gonna it's not gonna distract me. It's gonna still bring me joy to look at it, which is the whole point. And uh, you know, this was this is. One of my favorite cards in my collection, definitely. I mean, it's it's right up there. So just the, the story behind it and, and the look of the card, unbelievable. So uh, to wrap it up, that I'd love to get your feedback. Again, the reason I, I put these out there is um, I like talking about it. I have these things in my head and it helps me to get, get it out. Uh, but also more than that, it, I, I, I'm using this to connect. I wanna connect with more collectors because for so long, it was just me, you know, just thinking in my head about these things. And um, then I put the cards away and I wouldn't think about them for a while. Uh, but now there's so many others that are posting their collections and talking about it. it, it um, you know, it's really inspiring and, it, and it's gotten me way more into the hobby. So I'd love to get your feedback. Let me know, what does eye appeal mean to you? I think, I think the majority, this is my prediction, majority of people are going to say centering and color surface registration for vintage uh, more than anything else because that just seems like the predominant thing i've heard especially recently but let me know maybe not maybe maybe there's a, a huge group of people out there that love corners more than anything sharp corners four sharp corners but anyway let me know thank you guys for watching this and i'll be back soon